0: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest five G network.
2: Hey, Beth Ann. Good morning, Dawn. Thanks so much for having me on the show again. Absolutely, it's it's great to have you back, and I hope we always can continue the conversation. You know, we're talking about this, and you're writing about a, a sponsoring a bill, and that seems to be a theme not only for my show, but in Philadelphia and in the nation, as we talk more about approved curriculum, books, learning. So take me through it, uh, the latest bill to give parents control of their children's access to, uh, well, their access to this really, this is, ex- this is uh, sexually explicit stuff. So,
0: Senator Ament has introduced a bill and he actually introduced a different version of this bill last year that didn't end up getting to a vote. So he's reintroduced the bill this year. It's Senate bill number seven. And as I mentioned in the article, the Senate assigns priority numbers to bills based on you know how small the number is. So the number seven being a small number means that the Senate leadership sees this as a priority. So basically, the bill, and what I like about the bill, is that it's a very moderate bill. This is not an extreme conservative bill. It's not an extreme progressive bill. I believe this is a very moderate bill, and I think that's really what we need today is is more moderate positions on things. So he has proposed a bill that requires schools to identify sexually explicit content Mm and then to give parents the opportunity to opt in to that content. And I'll I'll delve into this a little bit deeper. He and his team used the criminal code language around what is sexually explicit content. So it's not just somebody's opinion on what sexually explicit content is. It is defined as is written in our current criminal code. And so there are a number of images that um, he has on his website that you can view behind a paywall to actually see the examples of the sexually explicit content that are there. But this is a very, like I said, a very moderate bill that the two pieces are schools identify the content that is explicit, that meets the definition as the criminal code, and then parents have the opportunity to opt their kids in. He knows that there's probably going to be a lot of debate over opt in versus opt out. Mm-hmm. A former version of the bill was used the language opt in as opposed to opt out uh, excuse me I, I mixed that up mm-hmm. he, the former version was opt out and now it 's opt, opt in, in. And, and and I think that that's important because Many parents, if they're not aware of what's happening, they're not going to take the time to go through the process to opt out. But parents who want their kids to have access to these materials, they will certainly take the time to fill out the paperwork to opt in. Uh, The thing that I like about this differentiation is also for our families who maybe English is a second language. The district that I live in, the Westchester Area School District, we have a, a high percentage of Latino families, and many of the parents do not speak English. And so for them to be able to opt their kids out is not really a great option because they may not understand, there may be language barriers. But if they have to opt in, then they clearly are going to be aware of what they're opting their kids into.
2: So, it seems like a no-brainer, and especially for younger children, to for the parents to know what's happening. So, I think first of all, just to unwrap, to, just to unpack this a little bit, there might be you know some some people may may say, well, wait a minute, uh, where is this? Sexually explicit material? Are you talking about in curriculum or libraries or where would they get the access to it? So
0: it could be in any or all of those places. So a lot of the books that are in question are in the library and people say that these books aren't even checked out that much and so why is this such a big deal? But it's not just in the library. Teachers have books in their classroom. Teachers have their own library collections in their classrooms. And then there are some curriculum materials that contain explicit content. So the point of all of this is, is and, and Senator Ahmed was very clear when I interviewed him, this is not a book banning. This is not an anti-LGBTQ agenda. This is about parents making the decisions about what their children have access to. Mm-hmm. And there are parents, I talk to many parents, who do not have a problem with their children accessing these materials. Mm-hmm. And so this bill would not infringe upon their beliefs or their rights In any way, they can opt their kids in and their kids can see whatever explicit content is contained in the schools and in the libraries. But for those parents who do not want their children to use these materials, then they don't have to opt in. So I think you're right. It does. It does seem like a no brainer. The the problem is, and I talk about this in my article, is that the national media and even the local media Mm -hmm. really has tried to define this kind of bill in terms of any sort of restriction or screening process as an anti-LGBTQ agenda. And that is clearly not what this is. We're not talking about removing books. The bill has nothing to do with saying what kinds of books can be selected or not selected. It is simply a way for parents to make the decision about what content their children view.
2: When you look at what's happening right now in Philadelphia, when you, and I'll just paint a little broader picture. We've been talking about this, a a group that's locally right now in Philadelphia starting a summit, Moms for Liberty. Do you have a reaction to what, what you're seeing as you talk, you just mentioned the media and these, these women, and I know, I know a lot of them locally, uh, were never political. I mean, they're a lot like, they're a lot like you. Beth, where they were even, they've even switched back and forth between parties because they're more issue oriented. And they're saying to me, oh my goodness, Dawn, they're calling us a hate group. Like, I'm just a mom. I'm just worried about, you know, parental rights or curriculum. And this is kind of my one issue. What's, how does, how much does, in your opinion, does media play into this kind of situation where, A a no-brainer piece of legislation that's obviously high priority um, that might get support now, but with the media involvement and obviously partisans behind them, it might get the kibosh again.
0: Well, what I think is really interesting, and I noted this in my article, is that all of the liberal media sources, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Daily Local News, where I live, I could go on and on and on with all the, the liberal media most of them have written articles, whether it's about Moms for Liberty or it's about the sexually explicit content, and yet they refuse to show the content that they claim is not sexually explicit. And so I find that interesting. If the Philadelphia Inquirer does not believe that these images are sexually explicit, then why do they not publish them on the front page of their newspaper? And we know the answer to that because they probably cannot, and that is what I discovered when talking with Senator Ahmed is that he had to create this firewall on his website to be able for people to view the pictures because when he attempted to email them to his colleagues in the Senate, he was told by the Senate legal counsel that it was a violation of policy for him to email those images to his colleagues in the senate so that is really what piqued my interest because i thought well wait a minute all these materials can be in our schools and there's all this uproar about you know the possibility of removing books or giving parents a say but yet our state government does not allow senators to email these pictures back and forth and the media the mainstream media as far as i know broad and liberty and delaware valley journal are the only news sources that have actually shared these images no one else yeah. will publish them and that's just so a- i find that
2: ironic and <laughs> hypocritical at the same time it is and i've said this before if i you know because we also bro- broadcast or simulcast whatever um not just audio but on our own youtube channel etc and if uh, if but if I were still on television news and I showed some of these images, even though some of them are they're they're writing them as like a cartoon kind of right you know, more kid friendly, they're so graphic it would it would actually be an FCC violation. Or if I if I described what was happening with one certain adult and then another adult, and it, it doesn't matter what their gender is, they could be different genders or the same gender. That's not the point. Right. If I described What one had in their mouth with the other. And I physically described, you know, described that or I showed the image that could be that would trigger an FCC investigation. And my station, whether it's a television station, radio station, broadcast station would be subject to fines and possibly revoking the federal license of this station. That's what a big deal it would be. So I've been told like Dawn, you can't describe these images. And yet, these could be in a classroom on, like you said, the teacher's little bookshelf or their little on the wheel, you know, those little things on the wheel where they have the books on the, uh, the, like a book cart in a classroom. Right. In a a classroom of children as young as four and five years old.
0: That's what we're talking about.
2: Absolutely. Right.
0: And, And so that really piqued my interest, the fact that he couldn't email the images, but yet, you know, there's <laughs> such an uproar about parents wanting to have, you know, access to know what's going on in their kids' classroom. So I do think that the media, particularly the liberal media, plays a very, very strong role in all of this. And I'm hopeful, you know, that somebody else will pick up the story. I mean, that's why I wrote about it in Broad and Liberty was to raise people's awareness because I think that even moderate Democrats, when they look at this rationally you say well if you can't email this at work but my child can see it at school i think that there's a disconnect here Mm -hmm. and that's really what i'm hoping is that it will spark debate it will spark conversation for people to understand the hypocrisy of what's happening and i am very hopeful that this bill will get the bipartisan support that it needs again The the very hardcore conservatives don't think that this bill is strong enough. And, of course, the progressive Democrats will think that it's too harsh. So from my perspective, if the two extremes are unhappy, I think that we've landed on a very fair and reasonable bill that should be able to get bipartisan support and get signed by the governor.
2: And so what um, and and this governor, I think Governor Wolf and you obviously you pointed out that State Senator Ahmed had this is not the first run with this legislation, it did not have a chance under somebody like former Governor Tom Wolf. But you, you're thinking, and many think that this does have a chance with this governor, with uh, Governor Josh Shapiro. I do think so.
0: And, you know, I was very skeptical when mm-hmm. Shapiro took office, and I'm still not, you know, 100% yeah. on board with everything. <laughs> but I I do think that his current stance, if he stays with it, on the Lifeline scholarships, I think that that does bode well for him potentially signing a bill like this. Uh, for him to turn against the teachers union and the unions all over the state to say that he would support the Lifeline scholarships, I think that that shows a fortitude that I did not expect from him. Mm-hmm. And I think that if he follows true on his campaign pr- promises to support some type of school choice and starting with the lifeline scholarships. I do think that there is a possibility that he will support this Senate bill seven.
2: Well, I hope you come back. I, I love the conversation. Let's so let's continue the conversation. Beth Ann Rossica. Thank you so much for joining me. Today. Thank you. Have a great day.
0: Odyssey celebrates mother's day brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.